0: Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa.
1: So on today's episode, ladies, we have Samari Pulmet. She is a wholesaler and buy and hold investor from Connecticut. What we get into today is her story of transitioning from her confidence in being a therapist to joining her husband in their business and what that looked like and how she was able to thrive and also just kind of figure things out so she can create systems, processes, and build a team around wholesaling
2: 15 deals a month. Virtually, right? She feels (laughs) this virtually and having, you know, doubling her family. I think breaking it down, this business, because this is not a side hustle, this is a business. And she was able to transfer her skills from a therapist to the wholesaling business. And that is her advantage all over other people that are doing the same thing. Enjoy this episode. Before we get into her story, let's hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Interest rates are sky high in 2023. And buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8 9%, or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with rent to retirement? Rent to retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high-cash-flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777.
3: The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets.
1: Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her show, where our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life, right? We do that day in and day out. We have some amazing, amazing women on our show. Samari, thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey with us today. Excited to jump into your story. Super interesting psychotherapist and what you're <laughs> doing now. And maybe we could just make this a session for ourselves. But thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. And, well, yes yeah, so we always like to get connected to our amazing uh, women and men who listen to the show and follow follow along in our journey. So thanks for tuning in. We, we so appreciate your time. We don't take that lightly. So I have a quick story about getting out of your comfort zone.
2: Oh, how fun. I know, right? It's, it, it's really fun, but it's not fun. <laughs> well, people talk about it as if it is fun, right? It's like, yeah, you should go there. So, so this past
1: weekend, we went to uh, a, a skiing kind of weekend. We took the kids. My husband, Matt, grew up skiing. His dad was a ski instructor, so he always got free lift tickets for the kids and made that work. So literally, he grew up skiing every weekend in the in the winters, like for many years as a kid. I did not grow up skiing. And so I kind of got into it a bit when we, we started dating. I'm like, this is fun. I did Black Diamonds. I was like a little bit of a daredevil. And then you get a little older. You get in your almost close to my mid-40s. And I'm like, I don't ski anymore. So this past weekend, I hadn't skied in 10 years. I'm like, no, I don't think I'm going to ski. We were with some friends. She has little ones. I'm like, oh, we're going to hang out in the in the lodge. And then Zach's like, can you ski with me? I just, I, I would love to ski with you. Just one time, he kept asking me. I'm like, all right, Zach. All right, all right. No problem. Matt's like, you got this. It'll come back to you. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So you know how you go down a little lift to get to the lift of where you're going? It's not really a lift. It's not really a, a hill. But you have to go down a little hill to get to where you want, what lift you're going to take. So that's the hill that I go on. Literally, it's like, what, 10 yards? And I'm like freaking out going down a little already already it's not even a, a hill that people go down <laughs> I called Matt because he had already left I said I can't do this I'm gonna kill myself I, I'm very nervous this is just I'm very uncomfortable Zach's like crying now because he wants to go on he's like oh we only have an hour left Matt comes back he's like gonna give me some tough love he's like you got this you got this Liz you know and he just kept saying if I end up in the hospital it's on you so just letting you know. So, ah, see you later. Why
2: well, about the hospital? And I
1: had some first words. words. There were some no. first words also in there, but <laughs> I'm going to leave that PJ. So we get on the lift, and I'm like, literally freaking out. I'm taking deep breaths. Like my, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I got this. I got this. I kept saying it to myself. So we get down, I said, Zach, I only want to go on a green. Goes green, blue and black diamond for those who don't skate. So he said, no problem. I'm going to go down the green. I'm going to go down the easiest one that I know of. Cause I gone, he's been going down all day on these. So of course we start going. And then I, and then we take a turn. I'm like, I don't know if this is the green. Cause he kept, he kept with me and I'm like getting a little more comfortable. Then I see a blue, a big blue square. Well, like, Zach, this is a blue, this is a blue, this is not green. What are you doing to me? You know, cause I stopped and he stopped. He's like, no mom, it's green. It, I'm pretty sure it's green. If you got this mom. So we go down I'm like, this is a blue. Then like the hill was really big. Sure. I see a it. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm, you know, when you go up to a, a, a moment on the hill where you can see down, that's where I was, I'm like. I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself. You know, and then I, then I had to regroup, get out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, I got to get down that hill. Uh, it is what it is. Right. So I did it. I didn't fall once. It actually kind of came back to me, which a lot of people say. We get down and I looked at Zach. I said, Zach, I told you I want to go on the grid. What happened there, bud? And he goes, well, I knew you had it. I knew you could do the blue. And I just wanted to push you a little bit out of your comfort zone. So I was like, this is a good story, He's right? He's your son. He's my son. <laughs> so <laughs> I say that because, you know, it's funny, right? And we all need to, have people around us. And my husband kind of gave me some tough love, right? They both kind of pushed me a bit and it was uncomfortable. And I was actually kind of like annoyed and I had these boots on, but I went through it. I trusted them, trusted myself and I regrouped. And I think we all can take that into our daily lives as investors, right? Where do we need to push ourselves out of a comfort zone? I'll, I'll, I'll take one step further. Where do you maybe need to, or possibly somebody in your circle, they've been talking about something and you need to push them out of their comfort zone and give them some kind but tough love and i think that's what this community that we built is is so important about it's not just telling people what they want to hear because that's easy go to your friends no offense but a lot of friends of mine will just tell me what i want to hear and that's not what we do in our community and not that we're mean or or you know too direct but it's with love, right and it's about getting out of your comfort zone and you can't do that sometimes just by yourself so That's my recommendation, not just for you to get out of your comfort zone, but where is someone in your circle has been talking about the same thing? I want to buy that short-term rental. I want to get into multifamily. And they just keep saying the same thing. Where do you need to push them? So that's what I got for last week. I'm I'm listening
2: to uh, Die With Zero, the book. Oh my God, you've been Uh, talking about that for like, you love that book. I have, right? And, And one thing that they said is that... Forget about your, like, bucket list. You need to create those buckets by age. Meaning, for example, do you see yourself skiing at 80? Maybe not, maybe yes. So skiing, it's between 40 and whatever that age might be. If you miss that gap, you won't do it. So what are the other things, right? I know, Liz, we're super excited. We're doing like a mud run. Yes. I've been talking about mud run. I'm um, seeing a couple of years. I was like, that should be fun. And then when I saw, it, I was like, listen, I want to do a mud run now. I cannot do a mud run when I am seventies. That's not going to be as fun. So I just have a couple of decades to do mud runs. So I let's, say, let's do it. So we're doing it next month. I don't know when it's, it's there. It's on our calendar. That's <laughs> what matters. So for, for those of you that are, are, are listening, right? What are the experiences also, Liz? You, you, you got me thinking also, like, what are all other experiences that I want to have? What is that that time frame that I need to have it or otherwise I'm not going to have it at all, right? So, and and as we are getting geared up for Investor InvestorCon, where we are going to be talking about generational wealth, that is all connected. How can you set the next generation for success? But how can you also live the life that you want now? How does that look like? And maybe you never had those conversations with friends and you can have it in the future. And if you come to circle, I guarantee you, you're going to have plenty. You're going to have plenty that you're going to open up your eyes and say, well, wait a minute, what's going on over here? I need to press a reset button and start living instead of surviving. Yeah, that is very, very important. That being said, that's all we have for the short story for the beginning of our podcast. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Oh, we're so excited to have Nisamari
1: on our show today. What lesson, here's our first question here for you, is what lesson has taken you the longest to learn?
4: I want to say, I mean, there's a lot of lessons just diving into real estate, but honestly, like right now, I feel that staying consistent has been like my number one lesson, right? Because I... It doesn't because we get distracted, right, by like what's new or what's coming up, you know, instead of staying consistent in the path of something that we're working hard at. Right. And if we don't see results, you know, sometimes we can pivot, but not, you know, stop everything completely. So that has been like one of the biggest things that I'm like, OK, I have to stay consistent no matter what. Like this is, you know, pushing through. Whatever's is thrown at me you know i will problem solve through it but it doesn't mean that i'm going to quit and then i have to start something brand new i can like just continue working at it in a different manner
2: so so you left your job as a psychotherapist he start wholesaling 15 deals per month with your husband before we get into the nitty-gritty of that i want to know one thing what are the like psychotherapists Strategies that you are implementing in wholesaling because I, I bet so you many. You are totally. i was rare, gonna say I'm sure there's so many. A lot, and you have an unfair advantage <laughs> compared to other wholesalers that don't know what's behind the scenes. But the, but the connected connect
4: the dots to me. So many. I mean, honestly, it's one of the the I think blessings I feel that I'm able to really like take so many just things that I've learned in the therapy world, right, and just. Apply it in this setting because at the end of the day, when you're wholesaling or anything in real estate, really, when you're working one-on-one with like sellers or you know homeowners, etc., you need to connect with them, right? You need to make it more about them. It's not about us. Yes, at the end of the day, everybody wants to make a business and make money, etc. But it's really like that connection, you know, building the report and helping them. Like, where do you want to be? Like, helping them see, like, what's your end goal? You know, like, yes, my goal is to get your property under contract or to acquire a new rental property or etc etc however what is you like what do you want and like those skills really came in handy because in the therapy world that's what we do often right like we put it back on the client right so we start to open up like the the box right? the pandora's box but the good one (laughs) and just being able to like okay what do you want like let me talk about you like your feelings your emotions where is your mind you know what are your goals in the next five to ten years like what is your end goal right like Of course, yes, you want to get rid of this property, et cetera. So active listening, you know, and I get to teach my team that all the time because I get to like pass that on and say like, this is how we talk to sellers, you know, like we have to dig deep. We have to listen, you know, actively listen. You're taking notes, you know, like so you can use that back when you're speaking back to them about, you know, their property and and the deal that you're putting through.
1: I love that. You know, I I have a background in social work. I get my master's degree in social work. I actually never practiced. I did, right? I did it in my family. You're a practice,
2: honey. Yeah. I'm being practicing.
1: I was like, you know, I'm like an un, unverified uh, social worker, but I, I completely agree with you. You know, so much of what, you know, Andres and I talk a lot about in our community and with our members and just everyone is that, you know, investing is a strategy, but then how you do it, right? Is And what you're saying is business, communication, you know, all those pieces are are how we hold ourselves as a business owner, as an investor versus just the strategy of finding the property. It's relationships right so I love mm-hmm. that I love that so let's get a little more into your journey here so you're um and I know your family grew at the same time your family was growing you're, you're a psychotherapist and then your husband had the investing business already mm-hmm. yeah and so then you so tell us a little about the, the shift of leaving psychotherapy and then joining him with newborn with two newborn uh, new, two twins right two yeah. twins yeah I already say two yeah, two would make twins. Um, but you already had two Like you yes. have four? I, sorry. Sorry. Lance <laughs> is like, wait a minute. Making sure everyone's listening right now. So are you listening? That's the question. <laughs> but you had two kiddos at home. You have two more. And it's just a lot happening for you. Tell us a little about what was happening for you. And then that jump
4: into your business with your husband. Absolutely. So That's funny that you started, you know, mentioning about pushing yourself out of comfort zone. So the therapist is in me. Always, you know, promotes like pushing out of your comfort zone, creating goals and like, let's work at these right like they're not going to happen overnight we can wish and dream all the time however nothing's going to happen until you start taking action steps right to make that happen so when i you know when we got pregnant with twins et cetera, like i never wanted to do anything with real estate my husband is a buy and hold investor and that was not my thing like you know he has the rentals like great for him like <laughs> i didn't want nothing to do at all you know like at all However, you know, I had decided, you know, we decided that I would stay home because, you know, childcare costs are super expensive and we couldn't afford, like, make it rational, like to go back to work, put two in, you know, daycare, paying like my salary basically out there. So in the meantime, you know, I got tired of hearing my husband talking about he wants to grow his real estate business for the last like 10 years and taking like basically no actions. <laughs> i'm like you're still saying that you want to grow your
2: business i don't understand. Not to people. I know it's not gonna be upset about this hey and if you are what's his name his name is rufus rufus <laughs> don't worry about it we, we understand all you have gone through okay you understand don't worry about it
4: <laughs> keep, keep I, you know it was like that tough love like you know okay what do you need me to do so i was like i'm home. What do you need me to do to help you grow your business or even get it started in a different way? Because all I know is, like, the rentals. And he's like, there's so many ways to, like, you know, create a business. And I'm like, I had... I was clueless. I had no idea. You know, like, when I think of real estate, I only think about, like, landlords or flippers or realtors, right? Like, okay, that's all, like, my mind could really grasp. So that's when he started talking about, like, creative real estate, you know, wholesaling, wholesaling, you know, all of that, you know, sub-tools, you know, seller financing. I was like, wow. Like, so I just dove in and started like just reading and absorbing as much information as possible you know like listening to every podcast watching every youtube video like going in facebook um i mean you name it i was like on it you know reading researching etc and then i'm like we're we're gonna hold though let's do this like he's like what i'm like yeah we're (laughs) gonna we're just gonna do it and like literally it was like march of that year and then like by may like the business was up and running you know like we hired a virtual assistant because obviously I had like twins that were not even a year old. Yes. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I can't do like call calling. At that time when we are doing a lot of call calling, I'm like, I can't call call with like twins. And like, they had very sporadic schedules, et cetera. So it was like rock and rolling though. Like, you know, it took a while to get everything started and to get traction, you know, because it's a learning process, but I really don't regret that because I feel that I learn and I continue to learn so much in the business that I'm like, okay, that didn't work. Let's do something else. Like what gonna work now?
2: <laughs> yeah. For for you guys uh, I hear of wholesaling a lot, uh, about oh, you don't have money to store, you get started wholesaling. As if wholesaling is a simple activity. It's not. It's a it's a business. It's it's a follow-up business. It has entire structure about it. And if you have the time to put into it, that that's what it is. If you were to to put in buckets, right, what are the pillars of the wholesale business that you would say it allowed you to do 15 deals per month?
4: So for us, honestly, in order for us to grow, we had to get out of our comfort zone, right? Sometimes we had to, we spent a lot on, on marketing and tools that helped us streamline our business. And yes, you can do the business with not tons of you know income however it makes it a little bit easier and also it gives you more traction so you can you're able to get you know 15 plus contracts every month you know like and make that happen i I always recommend like you know look you know start out look at what you're comfortable with at first right like what you're learning but get uncomfortable very quickly because you're going to have to learn new things and new systems and like of fail fast we always say like you know fail fast so you can get through like the steps and like okay let's do this you got to make that call call you know you gotta like find your marketing that is something that speaks to you and if there's something in your business that you do not like to do it's not only real estate any business right learn how to do it but then also delegate it because your use of time is easy, you know it's much better in another area where you can actually excel and like be more productive so i always recommend like okay start the business, you know, learn all the aspects of it, right? Learn the negotiating part, learn like just getting started, building the report, learn the steps from A to Z, because you want to know every step of the way. And then once you're familiar with that, you know, now you can start like throwing in different variables. Now you can start adding more marketing. Now you can start like, you know, doing this. Now you can start, you know, you're comfortable with running your numbers and putting together offers that are reasonable and that, you know, everyone is in a good place with them. So, that's my biggest recommendation and like my biggest you know tidbit for anybody who's starting out or who wants to do it or grow their business
1: so specifically though right when you you got started in wholesaling what systems did you put in place and did you create those along the way because in a lot of ways right we create things as we go however in the research you did and the fact finding and just you know how did you set yourself up and how quickly did you get to 15 deals you know i'm curious uh was it you know, kind of steady, but I'll put that question on the side. I'm curious what systems you put in place and when you put them in place so that you can scale, because you did eventually, so that that doesn't matter as much. But yeah, tell us a little bit more of the, the specifics and which, which actual systems, because there's a lot of systems in wholesaling. selling. It's a lot of follow-up. It's a lot of moving pieces. It can become very consuming. And yeah, uh, So what did you put in place initially or as you went and be like, oh my God,
4: I need to do this now, and this is how we're going to do it, and this is what we're going to use yes so at the very beginning i knew quickly that i couldn't have the time to call call right so i hired a virtual assistant like right from the start you know she was working with me very part time and then we grew the hour so now we have two full-time like acquisitions you know and then a disposal side as well but that's you know where we started i started with somebody with like just five hours a week right and I would do the lead generating, right? So I would find like the free ways of lead generating, right? Like the for sale by owners or like, you know, going on the pre foreclosures and looking at the judicial website and like scanning through them, you know, these are a lot of like time consuming things. However, these are things that are for free and that you're able to like, you know, put your list together. And then once we started those systems, you know, I would pass that on to the virtual assistant, right? So like once I learned them, I would say like, okay, now I'm going to teach you how to do this so you can do this for me, you know? I would do the method of driving for dollars because again we i was not working right and then my husband actually does work outside of the home too so he was like you know that and the rental income were like the only incomes that were coming in in the home so i had to be conscious of like what our budget was as well to be able to like stay within that so i started you know putting different things in place um i didn't start you know you'll hear a lot of wholesalers use prop stream which i do now however i didn't use that until after three years at, that i started wholesaling so I was doing a lot of generating with like driving for dollars, the virtual way, you know, like looking for properties, even in my own neighborhood, you know, working with other wholesalers and like working with them as a team, right? Like JVing, right? You hear the term a lot, like I'm going to JV with you. You know, you'd say you split your fee, et cetera. So I would help them find like the buyers, et cetera. So all of these different things were things that were helped me grow the business. And then after that, I was able to say like okay now i want to use this system for lead generating right now i want to like you know call calling is not my favorite thing what are the ways that we can we tried mailers right so we did try a couple of different things right the marketing and like we looked at how much the cost of that was and looking at that as well but i always do you know like you've said something just earlier like it is a business and i always think that a lot of people get into this business thinking that it's like a side hustle that you can just get in and out and make like money really quickly and like maybe that happens once in a while but really for most of us we have to treat it as a business and we have to put those systems in place and assess like what's working right like okay I don't like talking to people so let me do texting right like I can text better and then like build report that way or you know what let me send some mailers out because I don't have to get on the phone with them until they're interested in me right like in what they're selling etc so You have to kind of know your own personality and like your own way, and also like be open to push yourself out of your comfort zone and like, let me try something else because if that's not working in that area, like what else can you do to make that happen?
1: I'm curious about the numbers, right? Because, you know, before, say, you know, you have someone listening to this and they're an experienced investor and they're like, you know, I really want to give a go to wholesaling for a variety of reasons, for whatever, or they're starting out or they're not starting out. I think the numbers of anything really matter. How many properties do I need to have on the list, right? Then, then I'm going to call those those properties and how many are going to respond. And then that yields me how many appointments, you know? And then the appointments yield me, you know, and, and, and obviously we all know, but that helps A, make the decision of whether or not I want to do that. And if I don't want to do that, to your point, how do I build a team to help me execute that? Because if it takes 500 on a list to get to a property, I know there's not an exact science, but how many were on your list? How many calls did you make for that first wholesale deal? I'm curious just to understand your... And then, have you been able to reduce those numbers and streamline those numbers better? And are you pretty clear on those kind of that that breakdown?
4: So, for as you know, when I first started, I was literally just throwing anything at the wall, basically, and like we'll do things as we can. You know, I'm like, okay, hey, okay, we have, you know, X amount of properties. So my goal was always to get through like 100 properties every week, right? Like get 100 properties, whatever method that we were getting these leads, you know, they didn't matter. I just call? 100. You get called, okay? Call 100 properties every week, and then have a follow-up system now again in the beginning it was you know I come from a therapy background even though like you know I don't know much I do have a, a minor in business because that was my original like what I wanted to do in, in the world I never really like did business right like I didn't know like what to put in place what those systems look like so we didn't know like okay on one market you know instead of going to five different markets at the same time because that's also going to reduce the pot that you have right if you have a hundred leads in one area you're more than likely to get potentially some type of results right like et cetera. so now we know better but like you know at the beginning it was like we went it was about four and a half months before we got our first contract so and to put it in perspective and I had a VA who was working five hours a week for me so anywhere between 100 to 200 leads that she was calling and that she was following up with these as well now, we didn't have a great follow-up system at the beginning like crns all of that they didn't come into play in my business until probably a year and a half when we started really tightening on those right at the beginning i was just like i know we could do this let's do it like what do we have to do to make that happen so we were just going and going and going now i always say like you know now i would keep better records and notes of that i'm a big like pen and paper girl so i always like wrote things that I had. I still have my first like notebook where I kept all my leads and like will write down their addresses and their phone numbers and their information and like send it over to the vi. But that's like very tedious too, right? Because if you're writing down like all these leads all the time, you know, you get, you know, your notebooks all over the place. So as we grew, you know, and we started putting better CRMs in place, right? We used like the Google Drive where we could share like, you know, Excel spreadsheets all the time. And it was you know, able to like she would look at it and I'm able to look at it. So we continue to look at leads. You know, you can use like different platforms to pull this from like PropStream. Right. And like there's a whole bunch of other ones out here that are helpful too. And we started using those to do our lead generating. So we're not always like looking at the nitty gritty stuff data, although that is the best data, but it is more time consuming. I'm curious about the, what CRM you you currently use? Now, our great CRM is Trello, believe it or not, you know, Trello boards. So mm-hmm. I hated Trello at the beginning, like, because you build out Trello, right? You have to kind of like go through it, like the everything and all of that. So now we have a really great system, you know, like all our leads are there when they're coming in. Now we have, we use a mass texting platform that we send out lists through and then that, we create basically like two weeks follow up. So anyone who we don't reach out to, or who don't we can't connect with, you know, we try to connect. You know, our first order is like you know initially send out like three messages, right? And if we don't get any response back, we follow back up again in another two weeks. And they stay in our drip campaigns like that. So that that system keeps those in. Now the leads that have some type of interest and that CRM comes into the play more is like okay, we put the list of interest and then like. We run numbers, et cetera, and those are active leads, et cetera, and, like, you know, people who may not be interested in the offer right now, and then we put them back into drip campaigns. So we use Trello in conjunction, you know, to look at those leads, you know, anything that's active deals, et cetera, all those. I'm
2: I'm curious about, like, cold calling, right? When we say the word cold calling, people are like, oh, God, (laughs) right? Like, door-to-door, you're asking, (laughs) like, oh, God, right? what's happening over here and i think that it's a skill set that everybody should have and there's no other way around right liz i I feel like this key thing right there is only one way to go down that's it the mountain yeah (laughs) for the mountain and i think that people don't do cold calling because they they're afraid to get rejection and that can get a like 100 like oh no that phone in your face and 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 hanging up how did you deal with that that rejection how did you brush it off how you let go how did you not take it personal because i think this is one of the biggest hurdles
4: for wholesalers so for me you know bringing back like that therapy background you know i know that you know sometimes people are not in the right place and know their feelings you know they might be emotionally attached to their property so i always keep that in the back of my mind like it's never about me they might be going through a situation right now they're not in a good mood they had a bad they had the job et cetera. you know like maybe they're not answering you know sometimes people will say like we have gotten like crazy messages or calls back you know that people say like really bizarre stuff that will probably send somebody crying sometimes if you like haven't experienced you know communication like that in the past so I always say like do not take it personally you know it's not about you. like it could be any circumstances you know like what's happening and like you got to think on your toes you know you got to be quick so i always share that one of my favorite things that i did when i first started and i read this in a sales book i can't remember um who right now but they said like join an improv class right do an improv class and do it often because it helps you kind of really come out of your comfort zone right you have to think on your toes and like you got to like get out of your own emotions and just be there right like just boom just do it right then and there so it has helped and i always say like go do an improv class people are like you're crazy that's not like like, nobody wants to do that it's like no absolutely do an improv class it will push you out it comes it's people that you don't know and guess what the people that you're calling that you're texting you don't know them you know like they don't know you and you're gonna have to just respond and, and be ready to go
5: Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal
3: advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company, safe, smart, secure. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today.
4: How have you
1: been able to differentiate yourselves from other wholesalers? Because you know, in in, in the space with homeowners and, and the signs, and we buy houses. You know, a lot of, a lot of homeowners are turned off, if you will. They're not like, oh my god, I can't. Wait I to don't know. Oh, she says, nah. can you get
2: a free therapy session?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a great idea. That would be that. That's, will, not that's not your differentiator, Savari. So, I think that's it. <laughs> oh my gosh, your your phone will be ringing, honey. I know seriously everyone I, therapy
1: that's the I place. know yes nothing <laughs> but I'm curious I, like what did yeah how did you handle that
4: for us I mean I think for me particularly and like in and, and how I built my team to it the way that you know really lead with compassion right like and just empathy and, and understanding right like do not lead with sales because we're not just trying to get a sale like a sale is a sale you know like there's many times the sales are gonna c- fall through like that we don't end up with closing you know there's a lot of factors etc but we don't lead with that because we still stay in like a relationship with the seller we want to be able to like have a seller you know come back to us and say like you know what i have other properties or i know someone who may be interested and i has such a great experience with you that i want to like you know share them you know with you and i want to be able to like be in a good place and i think that that's probably like my biggest thing because we have encountered people who have said like you know oh i had a lot of these people call me before and like I don't want a lowball offer, blah, 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 you know, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, like, I understand, you know, but like, again, they're leading with more of the sales part of it. And it's just like, I want your property. You know, I want to buy it right in your house, like right now. And it's like, okay, great. But what else, right? Like, you're just a number and like, they don't want to see like, you're just like this corporation coming in, like, you know, taking over the neighborhood or just buying these properties like really cheap so you can flip them and make like all this money out of them. You really have to like just be empathetic to their situation and like that's what we always do you know like we really like do this all the time
1: yeah And it sounds like to you move beyond transactional and and often we are very you know people are very transactional investors are transactional yeah. it's about the numbers it's about this it's about that when in reality it's it's not right you're you're dealing with human beings so you have to be you have to be a step forward if you want to differentiate yourself from anyone yeah. don't be transactional it's pretty yeah. simple <laughs> Because then you'll be just like everyone else. You yeah. Know? And, and, and that's obviously you, you really want to make an impact. I'm curious how COVID and then now with the changing economy has impacted wholesaling and like, what shift did you see? Because you've been, you've been wholesaling for quite some time. So, you know, everyone during COVID, right? I mean, there was a, a crazy craziness going on right. in our country with people wanting, you know, a lot of money and, and yeah. now people still large, multi, small deals, people are still holding on to COVID time of when they what pricing they want for their properties. And it just doesn't make sense for a lot of investors, right? It doesn't make sense for a lot of people. So how did you navigate during COVID and also now with the economy and what's happening?
4: So I'll share because I was, you know, I started wholesaling about a year and a half before COVID, right? So it was like, boom, 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 you know, like, so when I first started, it was, you know, it was starting out, then business picked up, you know, like I started doing a lot more business and COVID happened, right? So everything was a standstill for like two months. And we we're like, what the heck is happening to the world right now? Right. Then when real estate started picking back up and like, you know, all that surge and like the properties were going high, um, we were doing really well with wholesaling as a whole, because we were looking for, you know, areas and, and places, you know, we look for a lot of homes that are not in the best shape, right? Like that, you know, need a lot of help, even with the higher prices that the retail was offering in a lot of, you know, neighborhoods and in for a lot of sellers you know we were able to kind of explain right like I'm big of explaining I don't know you know like again I like to teach and be like you know look at this I don't care what Zillow's telling you right now like that's not you know yeah, yeah right. it's
2: like, I'm, like
4: yeah. Zillow told me well call Zillow back it's, it's nice. like, of Zillow. like I don't know what calls they they're looking at but I like to bring like I even show them sometimes like actual like comps right like this is what we're showing this is what we're doing like you know it's gonna take you know a hundred thousand dollars to get your house to even come close to a price you know like this etc so i like to educate and be able to do that and i've always done that even through covid and afterwards now too. so now even when people want like the higher prices right that's still like you know the covid prices are really like fifty hundred thousand dollars over my life you do you want the covid price (laughs) It's like being not getting the COVID price right now, like this is not happening in these areas right now. So I do like to see that. But I, to your point, like a lot of investors are not right now, they're kind of like not as aggressive with buying as they were like in the last two years because of, you know, like the interest rates and not every investor is a cash buyer. You know, like I feel like when we everybody learns wholesale and they're like, look for cash buyers. I'm like, absolutely not. You know, like, most investors don't always buy cash. They buy like with other people's money, you know, the bank, you know, hard money, private lending, you know, all of these things. So I always say like they 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 are looking at the interest rate, and it's not something they can flip quickly, you know. And that they're planning to hold. You have to be conscious, you know, like you have to know what properties you're getting into contracts, you know. So I don't always put cut properties that have tenants in place already, right? Because that's not always going to like be lucrative, or that's going to be able to like assign, unless it's something that we want personally to hold, you know, with my partners and anybody else but outside of that uh you know we really analyze them and look at them and see like you know who are our buyers right now and what they're buying right so it's just like okay i don't want to hold the property for three months you know, i don't want to hold a contract for two to three months you know because i told the seller that i wanted to you know we're going to close on it and my team is going to close on it and my partners are going to close on it in the next you know 45 days so i want to make sure that that is we we're true to our word right like that. That's what we want to do. So Mari, I'm going to share with you
2: one of my pet peeves. <laughs> Tell me. With, when I get wholesale deals and, and the, the wholesalers that I've done business with them before, it's very straightforward. They, they are very conservative with their rehab cost and the ARV. It makes me like say, do ever send me another lead. When I get like a property that is a full gut and then they say yeah 15000 we have 15, and then 000. you can sell it for half a million dollars COVID price by the way yeah <laughs> right so I was like wait a minute what's going on over here you're just wasting my time on, on this here so you are you can make the numbers work for you for a wholesaler how what do you guys do in order to evaluate the construction cost and provide the investors something that it's it's more accurate
4: so i have an advantage because my husband you know is a and enrolled investor and has you know flipped his own properties and like You're even of before of I, yeah. <laughs> we so not okay so even though i don't know if i mentioned but most of our deals are virtually so i don't step foot in most of the states that i do actual deals in you know i'm in connecticut i have done deals in connecticut but most of 90 percent of mine are out of here so I don't ever really walk the properties. I go buy pictures and then see what's going on. And I ask usually the seller to take pictures or I get boots on the ground and hire someone to go out and take pictures and video. And I sit down and assess it. I know now, you know, a lot about you know how much it costs to do certain jobs and the areas that we're in. So I'm able to really estimate that in fully, like, you know, okay, this is a range right here. Like, this is the neighborhood that it's in, you know, it's not gonna take this type of materials, you know, what, what are you gonna put in there, et cetera. So I am able to do that more. And then my husband, whenever I'm stumped on something, I just show him the pictures and the videos and he helps me like with the range, you know, like, and it makes it a little bit easier to make that happen. But I always suggest if you don't have that to your advantage, just like, you know, walk a property, even if it's local with a contractor, right? It's not, it might not even something that you're going to wholesale, right? But like, and then get several contractors out to that same property to see like what their ranges are. Because I've, you know, we were going to flip one in Connecticut and I had three different contractors give me like Estimates. One was like at 100,000, one was 150, and the other one was 225. I was like, okay, well, somebody's wrong here because 225 from 100, like, <laughs> you know, like, what is this rate? But <laughs> <you> give <laughs> it gives eight means I'm like, what? So, you know, I gave me a range that I'm able to like, you know, see. So I always recommend like, you know what, go out to your own neighborhood, you know, like even if it's not a property that you're going to see, walk the properties with a contractor, you know, like get a few contractors out so you can start getting a feel for like what these are, right? Like what the cost of something is. And you can start putting numbers together and just, you know, I'm sure like there's there is a lot of videos out here and like YouTube is great and like Facebook could be great too. But it's always good to know it for yourself, too, or to know a range yourself, right? Because the cost is going to be different if someone is doing their own work versus if they're hiring a whole contracting team, right? Like, it's going to cost them a lot more. But if you have per- people who are buying and flipping in it themselves, it's going to be, you know, much less. So you just got to know a good range. And you have to also know what what is the market going to
1: bear? So are you over-improving, you're under-improving, or are you appropriately a- approving, if you will? And most investors don't think about that you know and, and it is so important i mean we we walked we're, we're going to be moving forward with buying a vacation rental uh Justin and i were in florida and we were walking through a, a five million dollar property and you would have thought it was like the Home depot contract it was a Home depot contractor that i
2: was so pissed
1: but the finish I like, is it so, so it's not pissed. always right and then if you can go through you can go through a property that's in a neighborhood two hundred thousand dollars and people are improving it like it's t- taj mahal right it doesn't make sense so I, 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 you have to know what over-improvement and under-improving a property is in your market. I also would say though, we always like to say, what's the unique factor, right? What's the wow factor? What's something that's going to draw people to this property? So you're not just improving it like cookie cutter. Yeah. We're not big fans of that either. But you also shouldn't be doing it in a, in a way that's like apples and oranges because yeah. people aren't coming to that community for for oranges. But they want an apple with some peanut butter on it. That's a really yeah. bad analogy, but you got what I'm saying, yeah. right? Okay. So. Bad analogy. Like, but I uh, try to connect. You're about. trying to connect okay. with my random story or my random analogy. You know, you want to be different. You want to have some sort of uniqueness. You want to have some sort of wow factor and be consistent with what's the market going to bear mm-hmm. because you can't control the market. You know, you, you are going to participate in it and you want to participate in it well. So I love that you guys, you're doing that. I want to segue into the balancing act. You left this job that you probably were very confident in. Yeah. And right. uh quite C. had your own identity. And I, and I know this, and Justin and I talked a lot about this with other women. And and now you leave that. You had two more kids to the fold, right? And and you joined your husband's company. Now, it sounds like you you added an arm of the business that wasn't there. So, you know, that's pretty amazing. I'm sure some identity was there. But how did you make that transition? Was it third? Was it, you know, how did you keep yourself kind of honest and making sure you're getting your needs met and knowing yourself and, and kind of feeling good about yourself and confident in what you're doing as, you know, mom and you know especially with twins is a whole other i mean there's facebook groups for moms of twins i mean that's a that's a big deal right so i'm curious and joining your husband's in your husband's company how did you do
4: that how did you do it well and how did you keep yourself kind of centered i think the biggest thing that has helped me and like really grow more and and give me that balance of the unbalanced right is really create partnerships, right? So not only like do I work with my husband, but I have partners, you know, like a- in other places, right? So they have helped me delegate and be able to balance, right? Because if I'm the one responsible to do everything, I will burn myself out in a week, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that, you know, Four kids, like my twins are five and a half. Now I have a 10 year old and a fifteen year old, and they're all in different stages. So trying to manage all of that, you know, like college, pre-college stuffs, you know, like middle school and like Kindergarten, <laughs> so like, and then you know, I current like business, you know, like the rentals and like just doing this and doing that, and I'm like, okay. The biggest thing for me is like I found amazing. I'm so blessed to say like you know like amazing partnerships that have been with me from like after like a year and a half of me starting the business, right? And like we're still together and like we're still working together on that. And then being able to let go. So I am. I don't want to say I'm a control freak, but I like to be like in control right i like to know where everything is and i like to know like what's happening at all times and that's often you know like i have to trust like that the people that are put in place are doing what they need to do right like and that you know i can check their work and i can check what they're doing and what the offers they're putting out there and like how they're sending the contract etc but i don't need to be like checking it every minute like every step of the way because if i do again i'm just doing the work myself at that point i'm not allowing them to do the work so i've learned to do that in the balance and like it's still hard for me to kind of like take a break right like even when i go on vacation like i still like have my phone and i can't fully unplugged all the time and just checking like the emails and and seeing what's happening but i i say that slowly that's becoming like better for me. Like, okay, I can take a break, right? I don't have to answer the emails today. Somebody else can answer them, you know, because they're capable of doing that. And I don't have to, you know, like make that call or send out that contract right this moment.
1: Yeah, that's so important. And I I think that's also why I love what you're saying about the partnership, because when you are working with your spouse, and and I know when I transitioned, it's so important to have that other, you know, and when I met Andressa, and we would be chatting about stuff, and it was like another voice in my life that that was a confidant versus you know just just your spouse and and you know it's a beautiful thing to be able to work with your spouse you know i know but and, and it's frustrating and it's tough and it's all-encompassing so to have people that you're not married to that are partners uh, I, I think is a is a great recipe for success because there's other people at stake and in, in in balancing it all so i i think that's a great strategy so um, Samari, this has been great. Uh, how can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow you along your
4: journey? So any, you know, I'm on every social media I like to share and, and you know, wholesaling and real estate again. So you can find me at Samari Polnet across social media and, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. It's just my name, Samari Polnet. So S-A-M-A-R-Y. And my last name is P-O-L-N-E-T-T. My website is also the same. It's
2: Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fam with three questions. And the first one, Samari, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Oh my gosh. No. <laughs>
4: um, I want to say thinking Grow Rich. I know that that's like a big one for everyone, but honestly, I continue to read it over and over. I almost read it every year because it's like, a, it helps me go back to like this blueprint, right? Of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and what steps am I missing out you know like okay I didn't do this thoroughly so let me do this again so I will say Think and Grow Rich is my 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 favorite. That's awesome. The
2: second question is what's the most powerful routine that you
4: do to create a financially free in Bella Flight? Whatever Bella's may see you. Schedules and I was never one to be a favorite you know I'm like free like the free spirit. But scheduling my days has helped me be more productive and like really delegate and do things like I need to do and be able to put time aside for my family and be able to like work the business at the same time and not having to like feel like everything is like this all the time, you know. So scheduling your days, you know, especially when you're working from home, right? Like I work mostly from home most of the time. So it's easy to just be like, you know what, let me go do some laundry or wash the dishes or like start dinner. In the middle of the day. So schedule your day so you know, like, you know, what you're doing. Like, okay, you know, from 830 to 1130, I'm working the business. And then from here to here, I'm going to do this. So that has been productive. And that's also helped me, like, just create balance, quote unquote, of what what needs priorities in my life. And at that point in time.
2: Last question. Which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most?
4: That's a hard one. (laughs) Oh my God, I can't. So I'm going to be cliche, like cliche in a way, my mom. And I'm going to say that because if it wasn't for her drive to drive like me and my sister, like we would still be kind of in a comfortable way, whatever we grew up, you know, like I grew up in an inner city environment. So if you know much about that, you know, like it's just that, right? Like what you see, what you hear. And like, I'm a product of the environment, but in a positive way, right? Like I've driven and she has, in that factor, you know, pushing us to like college and beyond and just strive for your dreams and what you want to do.
1: Awesome. Samara, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing
4: your journey
1: and
2: wisdom with the uh, women listening. And thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. A pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, com